Blessed Sunday morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, the Lord be with you. First and foremost, let me wish every father, grandfather, spiritual father, and father to be a very happy and blessed Father's Day. Now, the first question I have this morning is, what do you think of my unusual clergy shirt today? How many of you are surprised that actually there is such a party version? Yeah, I see a few hands. Yeah. Uh, you know, our family life uh, ministry ambassadors, uh, they are dressed actually in Bate uh, this morning at the booth to promote our Wesley's uh, Kampong spirit. Yeah, so I thought as a pastor, I should uh, dress appropriately uh, to support our ambassadors who will be working very hard today. Yeah. And uh, you have heard earlier that our family life ministry has set up booth to give out Father's Day's gift and tell you more about the workshops and talks, especially lined up for family this year. So do remember to visit the booth after the service to collect your Father's Day gift and find out how you can participate in the Family Life Ministry Program. Yeah. So let me now honour every father and father figure in our midst with a light-hearted but insightful story by Emma Bombeck, an American humorist and journalist. She wrote, quote, When God was creating fathers, he started with a tall frame. An angel standing nearby then said to him, What kind of father is that? If you're going to make children so close to the ground, why have you put fathers up so high? He won't be able to shoot marbles without kneeling, tuck a child in bed without bending, or even kiss a child without a lot of stooping. And then God smiled and said, Yes, but if I make child if I make him child size, who would children have to look up to? And when God made the father's hands, they were large and strong. And then the angel shook her head and said, You know what you're doing? Large hands are clumsy. They can't manage diaper spins, small buttons, rubber bands or or ponytails, or rubber bands on ponytails, or even remove splinters. God replied tenderly, I know, but they are large enough to hold everything a little boy empties from his pockets at the end of the day. Yes, small enough to cup a little girl's face. God then proceeded to create two of the largest feet anyone had ever seen. And by now, Angel very annoyed already and said, do you honestly think those big clumsy feet are going to get up in the middle of the night when the baby cries? God answered lovingly. They'll work, you see. They are big enough to support a little child who wants to ride his dad like a horse to the kitchen. God then worked through the night, giving the father few words, but a firm and authoritative voice. And then he gave him eyes that saw everything but remain calm and tolerant. Finally, he added tears, then turned to the angel and said, Now, are you satisfied that the father could love as much as a mother? And the angel said, Nothing more. Now, to every father present today, I hope this story is talking about you. You may say, I'm not very tall nor strong, I'm not very good looking either. But fathers, 
I wish to emphasize that for your child or children, you are the biggest and most prominent figure in the universe. And I truly believe in that. Our Father God has implanted fatherly qualities in you and me. It may not have occurred to you, but everything you do, day in and day out, is of supreme importance to your children and family because the actions, your actions, you and I, my actions affect and impact our children's future with God. The Bible emphasizes your importance through the often quoted Psalm 127 verse 3. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. When our Father, play, when our Father God places us in such a position of guardianship, and this one includes mothers amongst us as well, and of course, preacher mothers amongst us. You know, he is by our side every day, through times of hardship or joy. His constant presence is there to cheer us on as we do our utmost to love and care for our children, who are in turn God's beloved children. Remember, God only has children, not grandchildren. The Bible passages I have chosen to anchor our meditation this morning are John 8, 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. And First John 3, 1 says, See, behold, what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we acknowledge your loving presence with us. Grant us receptive minds, understanding hearts, and willing spirits so that we may hear clearly what you are saying to us today. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know, one of the most important or wonderful revelations in the Bible is the assurance that God is our Father. Through the biblical stories, God reveals Himself as a kind, compassionate and forgiving Father. He desires to draw near to each of His children. And you know who you are. Turn to the next person and say, it is you. Yeah, it is you. True, true or not, it is you. You know, in fact, the parable of the prodigal son Jesus told in Luke chapter 15 is one of my personal favorites. It recounts the tale of a loving and forgiving father who waited patiently for his younger son to come to his senses after he had sinned gravely against his father. In normal circumstances, an inheritance is given to the children after the death of a parent. Imagine if a parent is still alive and a grown child who should know better, come asking for his share. You know, the Cantonese amongst us would exclaim, Ayo, choi ya, choi, 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 Yeah, which means something like, this is insane, this is ridiculous. You know, they stand them out to cursing your parent. After a number of years of squandering his inheritance, the, de- the dejected younger son was walking home to admit his shame and guilt when his father's eager eyes spotted him from afar. 
You know, if you think further, you realize this father had been on the lookout for years, even scanning the horizon for a glimpse of the son he lost. The man dropped everything to run to embrace his son. He did not say a word of recrimination. He forgave and restored his son to his former status on the spot. You know, it was only natural that the older brother became so angry with his father for not punishing his brother and even throwing a big party to celebrate his return. You know, I also doubt, you know, as I think about this uh, parable, any earthly father can respond like this father. Too perfect, right? No rebuke, no questions, no scoldings. <laughs> What's happening here? Obviously, this story is about God, our Father. In fact, it is my personal relationship with God as a loving and forgiving Father which has helped me tremendously through the trials and tribulations of my spiritual journey. You know, whenever I fall short of His expectation as a Father, I would seek God's forgiveness and I'm still doing it every day. And I ask Him to steer me to the right path you know, friends, I have two grown daughters, their husbands, and a number of people I journey with. I look to our Father God constantly as my parenting role model and as I disciple, disciple them. You know, it is when I am attuned to God's Spirit, I can become or try to be as perfect as the father of the prodigal son, a parent after God's heart. Psalm 103 verse 13 says this, as the Father shows compassion to His children, so the Lord shows compassion to you and I and to those who fear Him. Now in this verse, the word compassion comes from the Latin word com, meaning with, and passio, to suffer. Therefore, the deeper meaning of the word compassion is to suffer with. Through the painful, sacrificial death of His Son, Jesus, God reveals Himself as a Father who suffers with us. As much as any parent would when he sees his child in agony. When we behold this aspect of the suffering Father, we feel, at least for me, I don't know about you, I feel strangely comforted and understood. A kinship in suffering. Now, one the, the, the question that I would ask uh, this morning would, would be this, you know, what comes to mind when you hear the word Father? Yeah, what comes to mind when you hear the word Father? Do you see a man who is protective, loving, and understanding? Or one who is domineering, inconsiderate, and even unreasonable? You know, the Father Heart of God, a book by Floyd McClung, recounts a true story of John Smith of Melbourne, who was fresh out of theological school. One day, John wanted to share the gospel with a street fighter he met. After much persuasion, the man asked, Okay, mate, what is God like? Without thinking, John blurted, Friends, he is like a father. To which the young man's eyes blaze with hatred and violence says this, If he is anything like my old man, you can have him. But John, John found out later from a social worker that the man's father had raped his sister and beaten his mother repeatedly. Friends, 
How we view God as a father might be coloured by deep hurts inflicted by earthly parents. And naturally, it becomes hard to accept and trust God because of our negative feelings. Is it then possible to have another viewpoint for someone who grew up with a bad childhood? This reminds me of another story. This time it is about a young woman in Singapore with a radically different take on her past. From birth, the girl was repeatedly told she was useless because she was born female. Sadly, that was the cultural belief the older generations used to hold. Even though her parents knew their daughter was intelligent as she always did well in school, despite taking on the housework at home, her father constantly put her down in front of others, saying in Hokkien, How many of us understand that? You know how hurting it is to be, to be told by your father that you are not worth the rice you eat. The family had other children, but the sons were treated differently. You know, when this, this uh, uh, girl was in secondary school, her school seniors brought her to a gospel rally in National, National Theatre. And there, for the first time, she heard the incredible news that there is a Heavenly Father who loves her so much, so much, because she is His precious child. And overjoyed with a heart bursting with gratitude, she walked up the aisle to receive Jesus as her Savior that day. The 14-year-old never looked back and naturally and faithfully served God her whole life, even though she met with many difficult challenges through the years. Although the girl had a traumatic childhood, she did not let her history with an abusive father hinder her from believing the good news of the gospel of a father who loves her so much, of a father who sent his son to die for her. Instead, she abandoned the bad news and clutched at the good news of the promise of a precious father who loves her to eternity. Now, friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, which story strikes a chord with you? The first one or the second? Obviously, I will encourage you to share and discard any negative fatherly images you have and replace them with a good image of our perfect heavenly Father. If you agree with me, can I hear an amen to this? Amen. You know, the Bible has many words to describe the true character of God, our Father. Considerate, encouraging, discerning, sensitive, gracious, just, merciful, thoughtful, generous, powerful, wise, and mighty. But if, you may ask, if we cannot see this invisible God, how do we then experience and embrace Him as our Father? Philip, one of Jesus' disciples, had the same question when he asked Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. You know, Philip had been the close disciple of Jesus, yet he did not understand the unique relationship between Jesus and his father. Jesus answered, probably a little bit exasperated. Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? 
Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? <laughs> Laugh out loud. <laughs> Philip was rebuilt by the Lord because he had forgotten about Jesus' constant reminder to his disciples, even to us today, about the special relationship between Jesus, the Son, and God the Father. You see, to know Jesus is to know God the Father. To experience the love of Jesus is to experience the love of the Father. And to see Jesus in action is to see the Father in action. So although we cannot and have not seen our Father God in action, we can experience God as our Father through Jesus. And the Holy Spirit who, come, who came into us when we believe in Jesus is the reassuring sign of the Father's presence in our life. Jesus gave another assurance. If God were your Father, you would love me for I came from God and I am here. I came here not of my own accord, but He sent me. In other words, we, when we love Jesus, His Son, we will experience God as our Father. You now let me share four ways we can love Jesus with God as our Father. Start by trusting Jesus. Trust starts with believing Jesus wholeheartedly as the one sent by God. I want to, I want to, I want to say an amen to that. You know, when a 14-year-old heard about a loving father, the truth pierced her heart and she completely trusted and accepted Jesus for her salvation. And she committed her life to him, never wavering from her newfound faith. Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you have really known me, you should know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and esteem him. Live by abiding in his word. When there is love for Jesus, we have a joyful reception of his word. And if God is our Father, we will never have a shadow of a doubt concerning the teachings of His Son. The more we know and abide in the words of Jesus, the more we will obey Him. And the more our confidence in Him will grow as we experience freedom in Christ. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Thirdly, continue to delight in his company. When we love someone deeply, we cannot help but want to be near that person all the time. Isn't it true? For instance, I enjoy spending time with my wife and children. Likewise, when we love Jesus, we want to draw near to his Father and spend time in his company. Finally, Always speak about him. When somebody is in love, you will take pleasure in continually speaking about that person. You know, when you hear grandparents, and I hope one day I'll be one, when you hear, when you hear grandparents detail the achievements of their children and grandchildren, 
you can feel their pride and joy. And true love finds a way to express itself. And so friends, if you are still with me, can I, can I, can you wave at me? Yeah, thank you, thank you. You know, there was a beloved friend from my small group, or SG, who loved Jesus with all his hearts and knew God intimately as his heavenly father. We call him Daiko, or big brother, which is our term of endearment for him. Big brother Henry Lai returned to his eternal home at the right old age of 89. Six Sundays ago, today. I wish him happy Father's Day this morning. Perhaps you thought Taiko was born and raised in Wesley and served God his entire life here. Interestingly, although Henry was very active in many ministries and was known, well known as an usher, he only accepted Christ in his late 50s. However, once he was convicted by our Father's love, he was immediately baptized and poured his entire heart, soul and passion into loving and serving Jesus. You know, at his wake services, among the many beautiful eulogies presented, his daughter, Veronica, proudly listed the ministries Henry was involved for 31 years. Together with Emily, his beloved wife, the couple was very active in SG, facilitated baptism and membership classes, Men taught new SGs and Alpha groups was part of Call to Care initiative for seniors. Yokcheng, isn't it true? Right? Yeah. And they joined the Growing Years Ministry. Big Brother Henry was up for anything new and also took up harmonica, anklong, and even erhu to do outreach at the sing homes. He had a strong and resolute faith always trusting and believing that no matter how much he gave, he could never outgive God. Not only was Henry faithful in church, but his daughters also testified to his family life as a loving and doting father and husband. I mean, I caught a glimpse of it in my last four years of friendship with him, and I was so privileged to be invited to this small group where Henry was. You know, Veronica called him a perfect gentleman who modified who's modeled for his daughters the qualities to look for in a good husband. Wilson, pressure, huh? <laughs> All right. Now, another daughter, Pat, paid tribute to Henry's kindness, generosity, and love for his fellow men. Growing up, Pat saw how her father would quietly stuff, hand, stuff money into the hands of people who were in need. Every week, he would bring his family to spend time with his mom. And when his time came to be a grandfather, Henry and Emily would cover time with each grandchild, incorporating Bible stories with play and bath times. In Pat's word, quote, Dad leaves behind a legacy of simple, stoic, trusting faith in the Lord and a heart that is always filled with thanksgiving, praise and prayer. Even at his weakest, whenever we sang hymns to dad, prayed with him, or read the psalms to him, he would lift his hand to praise the Lord. And when he became 
too weak to lift his arms, he claps his hands prayerfully to give thanks, prayer, and to praise the Lord. End quote. In truth, the love of our Father and Henry's love for Jesus were so evident in his life that all who visited him during his last days on earth saw in him a living testimony of steadfast, genuine faith. First John 3, 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Another version of this translation can be sung like this. Behold what matter of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what matter of love the Father has given unto us. That we should be called the sons of God. That we should be called the sons of God. You know, God our Father and His amazing love beckons us this morning, every day, to draw near to Him through our love for Jesus. In fact, this verse is an imperative call to all God's children. If you're God's children, can I see your hand? All God's children to consider the great and amazing love the Father has lavished upon us and ponder its significance. A Bible commentator explains why the Father's love is so amazing. God loves the sinner not because he's drawn to him by his loveableness, but in spite of man's unloveliness, God sets his mind and will on seeking man, of course this one include women now, okay, highest good. Friends, this is what so amazing and extravagant about God's love. So does the amazing and extravagant love of our Father capture your attention this morning? I hope it has. Does it stir within you a sense of wonder, awe and amazement? It has for me at least. And I hope it does for you as well. And so friends, will you be inspired? Be inspired to emulate this all-encompassing love of God our Father. Our Father's love sets the standard for us. We are compelled to emulate Him because of His unique and sacrificial love accomplished for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. You know, I came across a heartwarming message by Dr. James Dobson, founder of Focus on the Family, in his book, Encouragement for Families. And I've shortened it in the interest of time. He wrote, quote, I'm told that when I was about two years old, we lived in a one-bedroom apartment with my little bed placed beside my parents. My father said he frequently awoke to the sound of a little voice whispering, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. My father would answer, What, Jimmy? And I would say, Hold my hand, hold my hand. 
My dad would reach for my little hand, and the instant he engulfed it in his, in his, my arms would go limp, and I want, and I would immediately fall into deep sleep. The little, the little child only wanted to know that his father was there. Until the day he died, I continued to reach for my father. His assurance, his guidance, but mostly to know he was there for me. Then I find myself as a dad, and I wanted to be just the same for my children, a strong, warm, and loving presence in their lives. Dad occupies a place in a child's heart that no one else can. To all men who are blessed to be called fathers. And if I may add on this Father's Day, 2023, I urge you to be there for the ones in your life who call you dad or father or papa or daddy. End quote. Dr. Dr. Dobson's call is a reminder that every one of us can impact people in our sphere of influence, whatever their ages and whatever your ages. Veronica and Pat can attest to the great pride they feel when people identify as identify them as Henry Lai's daughter. Pat will probably say, "No, hi, Lloyd Lai, Englun, Galoi." Pat will probably say that. Henry's fatherly and godly legacy has a lasting influence in their life and the generations after that. And I've seen it. And I've seen it. I've experienced it in the grandchildren of Henry and Emily. And so friends, you do not need biological children to become parents. There are many young and not so young people who grew up in dysfunctional, in a dysfunctional or broken families as I have illustrated in the life stories. Many have never known what it is like to be loved or cherished by a parent or adult figures in their life. You and I meet such unloved people every day. They look like they are living a normal life, holding down good jobs and working hard every day. But inside them, there is a desperate need or a search for the genuine love of a father. As a French mathematician Blaise Pascal would say, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man. The Bible tells us that children need to be taught God's word from young, to be guided with sound biblical principles, encouraged and exhorted by people who are matured, people like you and I who are matured in Christ. And for that reason, I give thanks to God for our Wesley vibrant children and youth ministry in Wesley, and even the young adults, which we are trying to, to strengthen. And so, uncles and aunties, the congregation in this service, we can come alongside our youth or young adults who are in need of a mentor, a sounding board, or a listening ear to be granted a safe space to express their struggles and opinions. Don't tell them what to do, but listen. Give them space and listen, and you will realize how much you can learn about their struggle. And so will you step up to journey with our young people, especially those who do not have stable or loving family environments and guide them 
spiritually in their growing years? Would you do that, friends? I would. My wife and I would. And I know of friends who, who, who are. And so let me end with a sequel to the story of the teenager I shared earlier. You know, when she grew up and got married, she decided to be a stay-at-home mom to her small children. Not having a job gave her the time and space to do something different. Whether it is a friend who has been abused by her spouse or a young mother dealing with a terminal disease, she met each person at her place of need to speak of their fears, to vent their frustrations or to be listened to. She did not intentionally seek these wounded souls out but let God bring them naturally into her life. And out of such conversation and prayers, the women connected with their Heavenly Father and were guided by Him in their love for Jesus to make decisions that transform their lives for the better. And so if you ask this stay-at-home mom, you know, she will insist that there's nothing special about the time spent. It is just one child of God listening to Anthatha. Sometimes it was over a cup of coffee, and at times it could be a long, wow, difficult call at night. The connection was their mutual faith and trust in our Father God, knitting the listener and the speaker divinely together with cords of love. And so friends, God's amazing and extravagant love is implanted in each of His children. And that is you, you, you and me. Each of us is an instrument of His love and each of us has the capacity to emulate and model our Father's love to others. Can I hear amen to this? And so when you sit with someone from noon to sundown listening to an outpouring of pain, when you are an usher, my usher friends and brothers and sisters showing people to the pews on Sunday, when you hold a child's hand in assurance, when you forgive and welcome a wayward child home, these are expressions of a father's love through our relationship with our Heavenly Father. We can do it, women and men. And when we do, know that God is right beside us with the Holy Spirit guiding us. And God our Father is most pleased when we love Jesus and others with the love Jesus modeled for us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. May our God, our Father, be praised and glorified in everything we do. Is God your Father? Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, help us to relate to you as a loving and forgiving Father as we love Jesus so that we might be set free from slavery to sin and death and be renewed in your strength even in the most difficult circumstances. Help us to be godly parents to our earthly and spiritual children. May we be imitators of your love as a way of life, blessing and touching all who are in desperate need of your love and care. May we constantly be reminded of your perfect and amazing love and in turn, remind others about it. 
May your name and love be made known to us, to all who have yet to know Jesus, so that they too might, have, might, by, might by faith believe in him and be given the right to be your children. Amen. Amen.